today on Laura Lynn and Friends. There were numerous failures that if they occurred isolated, I would accept that it could happen. But all of them together in a, such a small sector, it must raise a brow and raise difficult questions. Hello everyone, welcome to the beginning of the last days. My name is Laura Lynn Tyler Thompson. It's good to be with you today. Uh, so I've been re receiving um, mail in support of my position on what has just taken place in the Middle East and I've been receiving some emails on people very angry and stating that uh, that I need to get my facts straight. And what is what is very true is that because of the world we live in where all kinds of misinformation can be put out, uh, everyone has to understand that they might not have the full scope of all the information on any side. And that um, there's no denying that that war is ugly and that the Middle East has been embroiled since the days of Ishmael and uh, Isaac. Um, since back to those days, since there was a, a fraction that happened under Abraham's watch, there has been war. And there has been a budding of the people there that, you know, that have their differing perspectives on the people of Israel, their right to be a nation, their right to have a land. And that has been, I think, at the crux of it, basically, is this fight over land. It's this fight um, over well, certainly the Gaza Strip, which was given over in 2005, you know, back to Palestinian uh, occupation. But I looked up, um, there's certain things that I've, and certain visuals and videos that I've watched over the years. And because I was involved with CBN, I really watched what Gordon Robertson had put together regarding Palestine, regarding Israel. I know that from his father, uh, you know, Pat Robertson, he had had a very deep love and a deep understanding, having been to Israel numerous times and getting the facts. And I, I know I watched a video that was phenomenal, and I'd, I'd like to get pieces of that to play over the next little bit to, to show some historical fact that you won't see on the mainstream. However, I do appreciate that mainstream media largely, and I watched CNN last night. I'm admitting that. I wanted to see their take on things. And I was amazed to see their coverage of the atrocity of what just happened in Israel and their blazing um, words against it. I was really thrilled to see that and to see some of the interviews that they did with the people in Israel and the accounts. Uh, one very difficult thing was a father who had his daughter uh, just a young girl, like looked like nine or ten, had gone over to a, a friend's home, and she was, you know, staying over there or whatever, you know, with another friend. And so he was not with his daughter when these attacks began. And they came for hours and hours, and he was hoping the military would be showing up, you know, to rescue them at his home. And and of course there was no communication. He had no way of finding out what was happening with his daughter. These attacks, uh, he could hear the brutalization. So he survived all of it uh, down in his bunker, and he comes out, and he gets a hold of the people, and 
it, it took a while to get somebody that knew if his daughter was okay. And they said to him, she's dead. And he said, thank God. Thank God. I, I was taken back. I didn't understand where this conversation was now going. And then he said, and I got a big smile on my face. And I was even more confused. I continued to watch. And he said, death is better than if you are kidnapped, potentially taken and abused, assaulted, tortured, perhaps for years. Death is better. And he thanked God in the wake of these horrendous, demonic people that his daughter was dead. That is the plight of an Israeli family. That is the choices that they face at this time. That, that is how they have to see life because of what they're up against every single day. So I would like to read for you, for, for you from this article. Now, this is an old article. Do you all remember in 2011? Is everything okay with the feed? Because, yeah. All right. Um, this article is from 2011. And uh, Chris Mitchell wrote this. And let me just share with you a little bit of it. It says, Republican presidential candidate hopeful Newt Gingrich lit up a firestorm when he told the Jewish channel in a recent interview the Palestinians were an invented people. But what is the real story of Palestine and the Palestinian people? Former Israeli ambassador Yoram Ettinger published this article called What is Palestine? In it, he lays out a brief history of Palestine that undermines... Oh, did I maybe lose? It's not scrolling? Okay, I'm sorry, everyone. Uh, just have to believe what this says. Um, we will attach this to, the, to our description. Um, so he says, contrary to conventional wisdom, the geographic term Palestine was predominantly associated from biblical times until the 1948 establishment of Israel with the Jewish people. Jewish history and Jewish geography it was the crux of Jewish national aspirations, the Jewish homeland. In 135 AD, Judea was renamed Palestina by the Roman Emperor Hadrian following the suppression of the Jewish uprising in order to eradicate Jewish nationhood and to uproot the inherent Jewish attachment to the land of Israel. Similarly, Jerusalem was renamed Aelia Capitolina, in honor of alias Hadrian and the Roman capital in an attempt to obliterate Jewish association with the spiritual and physical core of Judaism. Since 1949 and increasingly since 1967, the term Palestine has been employed by Israel's enemies in order to delegitimize the existence of the Jewish state. In April of 1950, Judea and Samaria were renamed the West Bank by the Jordanian occupation in order to assert Jordanian rule and expunge Jewish connection to the cradle of Jewish history. Until 1950, all official Ottoman, British, and prior records referred to Judea and Samaria and not to the West Bank. So... Um, 
there's also more to that article. So uh, what I'd like to, to let you know, and some of what I've seen, the excellent coverage by Gordon Robertson on Palestine is that this word became predominant uh, much later, Palestine. Uh, you can't find it in old articles or news or anything. Uh, you know, it became uh, more predominant in later years. So um, I'd like to... <clears throat> Before we get going, um, I'd like to give a little update on what is kind of happening right now. We had this tremendous outpouring uh, from Hamas of the, this travesty of violence, but it's not over. And apparently now we have Hezbollah attacking from the north. We do have a guest waiting who's going to give us some insight into what's going on and, and what it's like to be in Israel right now. But let's take a look at Megyn Kelly and Glenn Beck discussing the possibility of this attack from the north, which is now currently happening, and what it all means. The big news right now is Hezbollah and okay. whether a new front just opened in the north of Israel with an incursion from the north. Your thoughts on it? Uh, it, we are headed for not just a regional war, but I believe we're headed for a global war. You can't have Hezbollah in the north, Hamas on the south, and what will be the IRGC coming in from the Syrian side. Um, it's going to overwhelm um, Israel. And I, I honestly, it will take a miracle to keep us out of World War III, I think. However, um, miracles have happened with Israel over and over again. So there's a, a few things I, I've been listening to your monologue and I, I, I want to address. First of all, um, this is a in in some dark way a blessing if we look at it this way this is the first time in human history that i know of somebody has said who they are and then proven it hitler when he said i'm gonna kill all the jews it was in print it was everywhere but nobody wanted to believe him because it was too horrific he even tried to cover it with a final solution and then cover it at the end. He didn't want to be known as that guy. So we didn't know this time. We know they say it's not, it is not about a second state. It is about killing the Jews period. So the problem that I think currently is going on is that there is a hatred of the people being Jewish. There is an absolute hatred that they want to wipe out the Jewish people. And you see all of this kind of hatred going on in places across the world. In fact, we're going to discuss shortly here uh, that they're calling for a global now uprising. Um, this is terrifying, everyone. So before we go to our guest, um, we have body cam footage of IDF forces retaking a police station. This is some of the nastiness that has taken place in the last few days. Ten, 
So, some of the stories coming out um, of the atrocities and, and all of it is just really appalling. And uh, to see what the army had to be engaged in. I'm also going to have some questions that are that have been arising uh, regarding how how the the Israel defense part of this didn't you know didn't seem to know that this was coming, and that is a bit of a mystery. And maybe there's a really good answer, and uh, I sure would like to hear about that. So for now, I'd like to invite to the show uh, Dr. Soren Shapira, and uh, he's a physician in Israel. He's in the center of the country. He has been on our show before. And uh, Dr. Shapira, thank you very much for being here. How are you today? Is your family okay? And how have you been uh, doing in the, this last few days? What is the feeling there in Israel? First of all, good evening from here. It's probably noon your time. Yes. Um, yes, we are concerned. We are far from being uh, well, <clears throat> especially that uh, my son is in the army, and uh, it's already the almost a week uh, since he was uh, he was recalled. Um, thanks God, we heard from him, and uh, we're happy, but. Uh, never know what's going to be next next day next hour uh, here in the center uh, we had se several times we had alarms and we had to run to the shelter we heard the all kind of explosions in the air and so on but we are doing much better than those uh, those in the, in the south of the country uh, they are i think most of the time they are in the shelters they are launching missiles every every hour or, or so, and uh, yeah, uh, but the good thing is, uh, it's the civilian uh, willing, and they they recruited themselves to support our 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 soldier and our population in, in the south. I think this is Israel in its best. It is so so disappointing that we have to, we have to go through these difficult hours to find the the best in in, in our society. And, and for instance, my daughter, she's for the last two or three days she she's, she volunteered herself to prepare a, all kind of packages, including food and and. and and the um, <clears throat> toilet uh, things for the population and for the soldiers in the south. And uh, you see, everybody is, is doing what he can do and contributing. And because 
almost everybody has a relative of this degree or other degree uh, drafted and, and dedicated to the mission of defending uh, the country. And, um, you know, it's, we, we've been served lemons and uh, make a lemonade out of it. Mm. Well, what, what I also hear is a, a, a wonderful thing coming out of all of this is that uh, small factions in Israel, you know, there's always inside family fighting and that there has been a uniting and a joining together. Like everybody's very clear now, we're 100% together to, to fight the enemy at this point. Would you say, have you seen any of that? Uh, in what respect? I didn't quite understand the. Okay. Yes. The the um, that Israel has kind of pulled together, even though there might be infighting in Israel. Everyone is pulling together to fight the common enemy. Yeah. Yes. This is definitely. We may share different uh, different opinion or different positions vis-a-vis uh, -vis how to do it, but. All in all, we are pulling the same direction. We we are, are giving full support to our, our soldiers. We are our sons, uh, our daughters. We also have uh, women in, in the army, so it's sons and daughters. That is wonderful. And as I continue to watch, sort of some of the outpouring of what's happening. Uh, th there is a, a critical problem, and you have sent along some visuals of this. Basically, it looks like they're calling for a day. Could we do the CBN uh, story first, JT, if that's possible? Um, on a, a Hamas is calling for a global day of jihad. Take a, take a look at this. No? Okay. Doesn't quite have that ready. Just a second. <laughs> um, but have you heard of this already? You're ready now? Okay. Just a second, sir. Hang yes. On. Let, let's play Anti this. Anti-Semitism in America has been a major concern. Now, spurred on by this current Middle East conflict, a wave of anti-Israel protests is spreading hate against the Jewish community. type of rhetoric can lead to violence. And sadly, Devorah Halberstam, an activist against anti-Semitism, knows that all too well. Her oldest son, Ari, murdered for simply being Jewish back in 1994. My son's case in particular was a revenge attack for what was taking place in the Middle East. So certainly on a smaller scale, it was similar to that. And my son, who was completely innocent, it was an attack on an entire van load of identifiable Jewish students. And Ari, was, his van was shot up with 40 rounds of ammunition. Halberstam calls the hate that fuels anti-Semitism a threat to all of civilization, not just the Jewish community. It's amazing how, how much devastation hatred can create. Right. So at the beginning of that, sir, uh, Gordon Robertson, uh, which is was uh, clipped out, but uh, Gordon Robertson basically is saying they are calling for a uh, a global day of jihad. Yes, I heard. I heard of it. I, I actually I sent you also a link to a call they they spread out. 
for tomorrow, uh, gathering uh, around Israel borders. Uh, and I guess uh, they, they intend to create a extremely volatile situation. And we had this before, but it was uh, limited to shouting and protesting. And the most was throwing stones, but it didn't escalate. This time, I'm not so sure uh, it will go as, as, as simple as it used to be before. And unfortunately, uh, everything is possible. Right. But you it, know what? I, I heard, I heard your, your opening of this uh, broadcast when you say that the Middle East was always in, in turmoil and, and fighting. And it is true. It is true. And where, we, where I live, it is quite close to several Arab towns. We, it is it is so pitiful because we can have such a wonderful coexistence and neighborhood neighbor relation. I really don't understand why it has to be like this, but actually I do understand. Actually I do understand because this hatred is fueled. It's fueled by politicians. It's fueled by even foreign foreign powers, and you know what? I'm, I'm I will take you back to the to the scriptures. Uh, there is a wonderful chapter of uh, Ephesians six, when Paul, Apostle Paul, says, "This is not a wrestle between a blood and flesh. Blood and flesh. This is a, a wrestle between." So. This is the situation. It's it's not really between people. It's when evil takes over, and then it happens, and it it wears different shapes and forms. Now it's anti-Semitism. We had a, a, a genocide in Armenia. We had genocide in in different places in in the world, in Africa, for instance. If people remember the the, the Tutsi and the Hutu, it, it's it's. It, it's it's crazy. It's, it's it's not only here, and that atrocity are atrocities. You're absolutely right, and and we have seen the seen these genocides uh, come out, you know, in different places in the world. And you know, one thing is true in the Word of God that God does command a blessing on Israel. God does. Um, say that those who bless Israel that he will bless he says it in the Old Testament and the New Testament and we have seen the assault of this enemy you're speaking of the absolute um, evil assault constantly on Israel's right to be a nation and Israel's right to be a people and the the attack I, I guess the devil's pretty mad at you know, Israel's plight. And so it does continue to be always major problems there going on in the Middle East. And uh, here you are right there, you know, in the midst of it. And you're right. And it goes down, it goes back always to our human flesh and the evil that, you know, the enemy causes a lot of bad things to happen through getting a hold of people's minds and causing hatred. This is really about hatred. And 
Is, is there any way to ever, can you see a way past this? Do you see an answer? And I'm asking a very big question. What is the answer to all of this? Laura, I would give anything to give you the answer. I wish I'd, I'd, I knew it. I wish I knew it. I have no idea. It seems, it seems that it goes back from, 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 from the Garden of Eden. Even in the Garden of Eden, we, we had this, this snake that tempted the, the, the woman. And, and even back then, we had this, this evil that started in, in by cunning the, the, the couple, the first couple. I wish I have I wish I have a, an answer for this because see people on personal level in my opinion they can work together they come they can become friends and I'll, I'll give you an, I'll give you an example I, I was a medical student in, in Bucharest Romania it wasn't during the, the communist uh, regime, and they were very sensitive to politics and, and any uh, conflicts in between different uh, foreign students. So we kept sort of a low profile and not to get engaged in any conflict. But this forced us to have discussions. Some of them, I couldn't talk to them. But eventually, I had a, a colleague from Syria. In the first two years of medical school, he, he didn't. He wasn't able to to talk to me. Third year, the situation has changed. So obviously, there was something that changed his heart. And as long as they are distant from politicians, I mean, people distant from politicians. They will do better themselves. And only today I've seen a, a post regarding the situation in Israel that some some people they, they just stated that we civilians without any uh, organization we are doing better uh, arranging and, and, and supporting the front than the government uh, and, and its institutions. So eventually the the truth will, will come from 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 the people it's not from the leadership this is not a leadership these are politicians right very true words some questions could i ask you some tough questions i want to play a video uh tucker carlson someone we know well here i don't know if you know tucker carlson of course. and of course. yes okay um, and Vivek Ramaswamy had a very honest discussion. So he's running for, uh, pre uh, he's a presidential candidate right now, Vivek. Um, and they had a, a discussion regarding how the intelligence did not see this attack coming. And then I'd like to get your perspective. There we go. But there's one element of this that nobody's talking about. What the hell went wrong with U.S. and Israeli intelligence and the Israeli defense that allowed this to happen. Everybody seems to be punting that as a question for later. I think it's a question for now, if you're Israel. I mean, look, I think that Nikki Haley 
I disagree with you a little bit there. I don't think she's a child. I think that she is somebody who is, like many politicians, in a position to get wealthier from war. Look at the military contracting business and otherwise. But put that to one side. The message that I would send would be very different. Get to the bottom of what allowed this gaping hole of intelligence and defense to even happen. So I I wanted to ask you that. um, There's one former um, Israeli... A soldier who says that, uh, you know, I don't know if it's a current comment, but if a butterfly goes near our, you know, um, fence, our fences, fence. uh, we know about it. Yeah. And so do you have any thoughts or concerns uh, about this or what do you think? Okay. Uh, I agree with this, uh, this comment, this fence says, uh, different levels of sensitivity and it has additional systems to detect. Uh, I am not familiar with all of them, but I know that they exist because I was told. So, and even those additional systems, they have defense defense systems uh, to, to back them up. But all in all, there were numerous failures that if they occurred isolated, I would accept that it could happen. But all of them together in such a small sector, it it must raise a brow and raise difficult questions. As as Vivid asked, this couldn't be. More so that the Egyptians gave information from what I understand uh, something like three days before and uh, apparently there were more more warnings and I I don't want to go into all the details but there's definitely something very very strange that happened and somehow and somehow I need to tell you it reminds me of the Yom Kippur war 50 years ago and in this thing a kissinger was involved apparently from a from an investigative documentary of a, of the israeli channel a, a short time after the yom kippur war apparently there was there was a secret agreement between a kissinger golda moshe dayan and sadat to start the war uh, in order to um, allow regaining the Arab uh, honor. And they planned uh, so and so number of casualties, but the reality slapped the faces and the, the number of casualties instead of 100 or 200, I mean, even this number is like, uh, you know, a, peanuts it's, it's not peanuts it's, it's human life but instead of this it climbed to something like 26 2800 uh, casualties and num- numerous uh, wound, wounded uh, people and post-trauma and it was catastrophe it was a total catastrophe and also I need to I need to, to emphasize that the source of the information about the Yom Kippur War was no one else than 
the son-in-law of Nasser, the former president of Egypt. And he, he talked directly to the head of the Mossad. And he informed, we are going to have a war. And, and I know it wasn't the first time that he warned. I think there were two warnings before. But even for that, I think there was a reason. Maybe it's not necessary to go into details here, but eventually it happened and they knew. And they, some somebody had to have him removed and his identity was the disclosed. Was, and of course, Sadat probably ordered him killed. But it somehow resembles. We also had a, an intelligence officer from three years ago dead mysteriously for unexplained reasons. We, he wasn't charged, he was incarcerated for several months until he was so-called a, a suicidal. And uh, no, no charges were uh, were advanced. So I really wouldn't know. This, this is definitely strange. Right, right, and and that is uh, so that is something people are saying that there's a strange, and you know sometimes we don't know till later exactly what's happened, but definitely, and sometimes you have sabotage. You know, sabotage from within. In 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 America, we've been shocked to understand that the CIA is now known to have killed JFK. And it's tragic, it, it's mind-blowing, and it's treasonous. Um, and so, so we just pray for Israel, and we pray that, you know, answers will come. Amen to that, Laura. Amen to that, because what happens here it's like, if you remember, it was like in, in the corona, we've been the arrowhead of uh, the <clears throat> injections. They called us the, the world laboratory. Yes. And, I, and people I are have this feeling that again, you know, like, like what? I, I have this, I have this feeling this is happening again. It is, it could be just an arrowhead of something that is, might follow not only here but in other places and to tell you the truth many people are very happy for the american presence here in the middle east with two carriers and another some more warships i'm not very comfortable with this because i believe we have enough deterrence we don't right. really need this right Right. Interesting. Um, uh, I do have a share there that I'll just let JT know about. Hopefully uh, it's showing up. Is it showing up? Um, the, the word of God in Zechariah in the Old Testament, um, in Zechariah 12, 3 to 4, God says, I will make Jerusalem, Jerusalem like an intoxicating drink that makes the nearby nation stagger. And when they send their armies to besiege Jerusalem and Judah, on that day, I will make Jerusalem an immovable rock 
All the nations will gather against it to try to move it, but they will only hurt themselves. Um, all through the word of God, even the prediction that Israel would again become a nation. Um, so May 14th, 1948, Israel became a nation. And I'm reading from a, an article in harvest.org. But after Israel was gathered, the Lord said she would come under attack, specifically in Ezekiel 37 and 38. The Bible speaks of the regathering of Israel, and then it speaks of a large force from her north attacking her. That force is identified as Magog. Who is Magog? Listen, no one can say with absolute certainty, says, you know, says the author of this. Um, is Magog the beginnings of it? Hezbollah is, is all of this leading up to end time prophecy. Is it, is it fulfilling prophecy that Israel being God's anointed people and we are the new Israel to, to me, I, I receive that I am the new Israel engrafted into the family of God accepted as, you know, an outsider, but adopted into God's family. Uh, under the the new Abrahamic covenant, but 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 definitely, it's predicted in the word that there would be tremendous assault against Israel. Uh, there are, and as I said before, Magog uh, wears different uh, shapes. <clears throat> Sorry, uh, in forty eight, it was the uh, Arab Legion. Now it's the Hezbollah and the Iran also. The name could be changing, but the purpose would be the same. And, you know, I, I need to remind you about the book of Job. We, I think we have been tested for our faith. And, the, no, I think God is swifting, sifting the, the people in a way. Hmm. Hmm. Absolutely. And so could I ask what your opinion is on this recent $6 billion assignment of funds to Iran? How do you see that? And, and, and what do you think about the potential that Iran might be behind a lot of this? I think, I think evidence already here. Uh, the level of preparation of the terrorists from Gaza are, uh, are pure evidence that uh, there is a really professional uh, instruct, instructive uh, force. It's not just a simple terrorist organization. They were properly trained. And there are the... the the, the the fingerprints of Iranian because the this sum of millions of dollars they go from Iran through the Gulf and from there in, in into the Gaza Strip. So it would be no wonder Hezbollah is known to be founded by Iran. Uh, Syria is known to be supported by Iran. So it has the, the fingerprints all over the place. 
I, I, you don't have to speculate. Um, this uh, this author also says some some uh, interesting things. Says, but many Bible students and prophecy teachers believe it could be modern day Russia. I I personally have no idea. I think you can make a very good case for that if you get out a map of the Middle East and look to the north of Israel, you will find Russia. Why would Russia ever want to invade Israel? Well, there's another thing the Bible says about Magog. If she is indeed Russia, that one of her allies that will march with her is Persia. And so Persia is the ancient name for modern Iran. Um, so the Bible predicted hundreds of years ago that this large force from the north of Israel would attack her after she was regathered and one of the allies that would attack Israel with Russia or Magog, whoever it is, would be Iran or Persia. So not once in the past 2,500 years has Russia formed a military alliance with Persia, Iran, but they have recently developed a special connection. Russia has signed billion-dollar deals to sell missiles to Iran, and the Iranians have helped the Russians, providing them with drones, weaponized drones, to use in the Ukrainian war. Um, so some, some saying, you know... Um, I, these things are very deep for me and uh, for yourself as a physician, but uh, this is a serious and grave time. And especially if some of these evil forces are wanting to send out a global, um, you know, call for violence against the Jewish people. You see money uh, my my grandfather rest in peace he used to say that money is the devil eye so as, as such we all can agree that money is is causing people to lose their mind and both money and uh, arms are going through a mysterious and uh, under the radar a trade in so many revolving doors that it is very easy to lose uh, to lose track um, but you see it's all about money and politics and inflation and, and influence uh, on, on different regions of the world as we see for instance the ukraine russia war uh, israel sided with ukraine as most of the world against Russia. Now, <clears throat> the Russians opened an account with Israel, okay? So they could bring. If you want to look for alliance between Russia and, and Iran and other countries, just look at the BRICS, the convention. They're, they're going to use the Chinese Yuan. So BRICS is a, a what's it? I forgot. Brazil, Russia, a, a India, South Africa, and also Iran that is going to join, and is Arab, Saudi Arabia. So they are they are creating all kind of alliances, and this alliance is against America, the U.S. What do we have here? A U.S. army. So. We, as, as I mentioned before, it's not flesh and blood, a flesh and blood war. It's in between 
principalities and authorities. So it's between the powers, it's a matter of dominion, but above all, I think both of them are evil and both of them should be whatever. Let God prevail and I'm sure God will prevail eventually, but you know, it's like, it's like a birth. The delivery pain are tremendous. Mm-hmm. I could only see my wife giving birth and I, I, I didn't experience this, uh, this kind of pain, but may, perhaps you can describe this. Horrendous. It is, it, is, it, it is terrible, but eventually when you hear the cry of the baby, there is no one happier than that. Right. So I'm birth trying to look at it. Give birth to something great. Yes. And so you're holding out this. hope for that, right? You're holding out hope for God's intervention in this. This is, this is my hope. In Him, I put my trust. Amen. And this Amen. is the only, the only, this day, this crazy and hectic days, this is the only light of hope. I can I can re- relate to. Yes. That is everywhere else is is, is decep- deception and and the I, I don't want to use any more words. Yeah. I agree with you. I want to ask you one final question and that <clears throat> is what do you love about Israel and the Israeli people, the Jews, uh the love of family? What 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 holds you there? This is a tough one. This is a tough one. It, you said it is like in, intoxicating. It's sort of a drug. It's sort of a, you get addicted to it. You see the people and, and you know, when, <clears throat> sorry, when, how do you create a diamond? Diamond is just carbon, but it's carbon under tremendous pressure. And then you create this very expensive stone with exquisite qualities of reflecting light and, and colors. And this is what we have, but we have to, uh, to uncover them and to polish them to get this light. And from time to time you get to find a gem and you enjoy it. Mm. And light is the name of the game, light. The light of God, the light of his word, which is here. Amen. I've been to Israel two times and I was just so struck with the beautiful people Uh, I love your hummus. There is no better hummus on the planet than you can get right there in Israel. It's amazing. I've missed it for years, not being back there. And I was also struck with the beauty and the depth of understanding of uh, struggle and um, that, that they had been in such incredible war-torn situations that the um there's a word i'm searching for but 
you know, when we go through some sort of deep uh, fire experience, we come out better. We come out understanding what life is truly about. And I could see the depth of that in the people that I met in Israel, those that I spoke with, those who I interviewed. And, you know, when we go through this kind of very deep suffering, suffering is the word I was looking for. That's what Israel has gone through. And like a diamond, she is a diamond. And that's not to say that everyone has done the right things. And I know you yourself have said that that there, there is blame on every side for different things and decisions that have been made. But at the end of the day, we stand with the innocent people, the Jews, who have a right to have their land, who have a right to be a nation and to be left alone in peace. And for, for all of this to cease, we would love that. It does look like we have some more difficult storms ahead. Um, but may God intervene quickly. May there be a ceasefire coming. Um, we pray for peace in Israel, peace in Israel. I've been praying for that my whole life. I was taught to pray for Israel growing up as a Christian, and we pray for that, and we're truly saddened by what we've seen. Thank you, Dr. Uh, Shapira. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Uh, do you have any final word, or do you believe you've spoken all that you needed to say? I think I, I've said uh, and just only one sentence. Uh, when everything settles down and calms down, why don't you come and have with us another serving of hummus? I will take you to one of the one ex exquisite hummus. <laughs> okay, it's a deal. Take it's this as a rain check. <laughs> This is the rain check. Absolutely. I know we would love to do that. My husband and I really appreciated the hummus there. We're going to find you and we will have a time together. And we pray you, for you. You don't peace. have to find, just text me. Text you, okay. Send the email. Text me. All right. Simple. Okay. Don't, have to, don't, don't need a detective for this. It's a deal. All right. Thank you, sir. God Bye. bless you. Peace on your family. Thank and you. we're praying for you. God bless. Amen. Thank you. Amen. At the beginning of the show, I usually read from my father's uh, Bible, and uh, we just got going so fast, and I know that it's late in Israel, and I appreciated Dr. Shapira's time with us, and I got distracted, and I pulled, off, pulled out my Bible there while he was talking because he was mentioning about the Garden of Eden, and when I go to that place where the, the devil was tempting... I'm writing on my pink Bible with a pen. Where the, the enemy was tempting Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, my father, of course, has uh, underlined and taken great note of these uh, parts. And um, in chapter 3, Genesis 3, verse 1, it says, Now the serpent was more subtle. Some, you know, some translations will say more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, has God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of all of the fruits of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, 
neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. So the serpent contradicted what God had said immediately. The serpent to this day contradicts anything that God says. When God says that he commands peace, then the serpent is saying, oh, has God really said that? No, let's bring war. When God says to live righteously and holy, the serpent is constantly contradicting that. That is evident. It's in our personal lives as we live out our lives here in the Western world that the devil will try to lie to us, deceive us, and cause us to question, has God really said that? Has God really said that? Well, God has really said that those who bless Abraham shall be blessed. And so we do pray for Israel and the peace and all of the things we do not understand. And some of you have written to me about uh, Israel's position on the vaccines. And I, you know where I stand on all of that. So let's pray for wisdom to come to the people. Let's pray for wisdom to come to the leadership. Let's pray for this to end. You know, uh, there is a part in the scriptures that talks about the division between Ishmael and Isaac. And that Ishmael, it, the Bible says, you know, would be like a wild ass. Um, that's the word the Bible uses. Uh, and that there, there, would be, there would be fighting. And we see the fighting. And it's generation to generation to generation. So a very difficult season, very hard for me personally to be watching um, the, the violence, and I'm sure it's been hard for you too. We have an incredible um, event coming up on a good note. October 28th, we will be having Lance Wall now, and he's coming, and I love to watch his take on things. I do encourage you. He's very knowledgeable about Israel. Uh, Lance Wall now, ironically, is a Jew. His sister lives in Israel. So he spends a lot of time, he and his wife, going there and visiting. He understands the dynamics of the history of the Jewish people. He understands the historical content. And as I read for you at the beginning of this show, um, understanding that Jerusalem, that this part since ancient biblical days was Israel's. It was for the Jewish people. So Lance is coming, and I don't know what he's going to speak on, but it is going to be phenomenal. And Dr. Byron Bridal will be there, Dr. Brian Artis, Dr. Mackis, Dr. John um, James, Dr. James Thorpe, Dr. Trozy. Uh, we have uh, Greg Hill coming to speak on the issues regarding our flying, uh, our air traffic control in Canada. We have a couple of young men coming that are heroes in the land. That is Josh Alexander and Nathaniel Pavlovsky coming to share their perspective on standing for women and their private spaces. And we have the Mama Bears coming that will be speaking very bluntly very bluntly, regarding the need to protect our children as 
not only are world events bringing war to lands, but, but our country in Canada has brought a war to the family for the protection of children. Please get your tickets, bring your teenagers, bring your young people. It will be an absolutely epic day. I promise you that it will be an epic day. We also encourage you to be very vigilant regarding your funds at this time. And if you are holding funds and you would like to uh, purchase some gold and silver, we highly recommend Steve Merrill. And uh, you can reach him at this um, website or this email address. We highly encourage you, please, we're telling you what we do. We're letting you know that it's important to understand that our fiat currency is under fire and there could come a day for a reckoning with what they've done in printing money and destroying our economies with inflation and high interest rates and the destruction that is coming to our people. This is a grave hour. Please listen. And we've been honest with you I've been so forthright about how, you know, the money that we had made in Canada in real estate, how we have sold everything that we have here. And we did it as we saw trouble coming. And we sold and we have purchased in other places in the world. And those other places are seeing an increase while Canada and the United States of America is going through a tough time. And that's because they've done it to themselves under the Biden and Trudeau regime. So I just want to leave you um, with something. So my dad's Bible in Genesis, so well, so well underlined. In chapter nine, before we got to chapter 10, Oh, no, I was reading from chapter 3, sorry. If you go up to chapter 9. Well, in Genesis 8:22, it says, While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. Oh, amen. <laughs> the one thing we can absolutely know is that... The sun will rise every morning. And that's a promise here <coughs> for all you climate alarmists. Oh, good news on the climate issue because apparently there's papers that are coming out that are completely obliterating the climate narrative and the, you know, the fear mongering going on by all the climate alarmists. It's just so shocking. There's, there's no validity to it. And I believe we should keep our world very clean and, and we should put garbage in the garbage and not let, you know, not pollute our world, absolutely. But let me tell you, in Genesis 8:22, it says, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. <laughs> and in chapter nine, it says, and God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. You know, that is the exact command that God gave Adam and Eve. Maybe we should go back to what God told us to do in the beginning. Be fruitful, 
multiply, replenish the earth, it says, subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. I mean, God made Adam and Eve top dog, like they were top of the food chain. They were to have dominion over everything, all the fish, the fowl, everything that was there. And God also said, behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth and every tree in the, which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed to you. It shall be for meat and to every beast of the earth and to every fowl of the air and to everything that creeps upon the earth, whether it is, whether wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat. And it was so, and God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. That was before he made man. <laughs> and so in the very next chapter, he makes man and everything goes a little bit wonky thereafter because man comes along. And it does say that, and God blessed, oh, okay, the, thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God rested. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. So I will make him a help me. So he made woe man and Adam and Eve became one and they produced the offspring, but before even that happened, before we could get very far in history, we kind of messed it all up. And ever since then, <laughs> man's been messing it up. But we're together and God's on the throne and he's in full control. We'll see you tomorrow, God bless. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing, but for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.lauralyn.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.